In 2020, Democratic lawmakers approved the creation of a system of publicly financed election campaigns for the state legislature and statewide offices, which would use New York tax revenues to amplify local contributions of $250 or less. In advance of the 2024 elections, the first test of this new system, state lawmakers are proposing tweaks to the system, which election reformers say will weaken the strength of the initially crafted program. For more on the potential changes, we're joined by Joanna's Denise, Senior Counsel in the Brennan Center's Elections and Government Program. Welcome to the show, Joanna. Thanks so much for having me. Glad to be here. Well, it's our pleasure. Well, before we talk changes to the law, can you explain the goal of a system of using public money to match and potentially exponentially grow political contributions of $250 or less? The public financing program that our elected leaders enacted in 2020 was designed to amplify the voices of small donors in New York's elections. It works by providing a multiple match on donations from small donor constituents of $250 or less. And it truly is a national model for campaign finance reform in New York, just as we have seen across the country, a small number of wealthy donors have far greater financial influence in elections than everyday voters. Here in New York, just in 2022, we saw 200 wealthy donors outgave all 206,000 small donors in the state combined. And so what this program would do in amplifying truly small contributions would give everyday voters more financial power in our elections and therefore give them a greater voice in our political system. And at the time, 2019, 2020, why was this the preferred route to go toward as opposed to dramatically curtailing New York's contribution limits, which are comparatively very high, especially when you think of what you can give to, say, the candidates for president as opposed to candidates for state assembly? I will say the law that was enacted in 2020 did substantially lower New York's highest in the nation contribution limits. They're still pretty high, though, right? They are quite generous, but the genius of public financing and the innovation of this program as it was enacted is to allow campaigns to have an alternate route by engaging with small donors, the everyday constituents who can't give those maximum contributions, who might only be able to give $10 or $20 to the candidates of their choice and see those small donations amplified with public money. This is the strongest response we've seen enacted really anywhere in the country to the damage that Supreme Court decisions like Citizens United have wrought, that have really unleashed unfettered wealth in elections across the country. And we know that public financing works. There are strong models that have already been enacted and run, but New York State's program truly is the most robust one that we have seen. And 
our analyses of the 2022 election show that if the program had been in place there, candidates running for state office would have seen the majority of their funds coming from small donors instead of ultra wealthy donors who can write those big checks that you were just referring to. Well, let's turn to the proposed changes to the existing system. And I want to start with what it will take to actually qualify to participate in the program moving forward. It seems like there are going to be higher barriers to access if you're a potential candidate for Assembly or Senate than there are right now. Can you explain the changes? As it stands, candidates running under public financing have to meet a two-part fundraising threshold in order to be able to access the program. That includes a minimum dollar amount that they have to raise from future constituents and a minimum number of small donor constituent donations. One thing that this bill would do is substantially increase those fundraising thresholds and they differ by office. So of course, qualifying thresholds as we refer to them, are an important component of any public financing law. It's important for candidates to demonstrate their level of community support in in order to be able to receive the benefit of public financing. But, you know, our concern truly is We've already had the debate over what the qualifying threshold for this program should be back when the law was debated and enacted. And so the notion that these and other details of the program are potentially going to be changed so significantly at a time so late in the session with little time for public input when public input is what set the current levels where they are right now um, is particularly concerning. Well, finally, on the point of qualifying for this program, do you anticipate that this change will be a deterrent for serious candidates for office or would it potentially weed out candidates who might not necessarily be so serious? The importance of this program is to give small donor constituents a fighting chance to be heard in our political system. You know, we are hopeful that as the program moves forward, candidates will be able to access the system so that these small donor constituents can be more engaged in our political system. And so that is a principle that really underlies so much of the Brennan Center support for public financing for our state to begin with. Well, let's turn to the other component of the potential changes, which is changing what will happen with contributions that are above $250 and previously would not have been matched in any way. What's going to happen with those contributions now? The program as it stands, this is a program that was designed to amplify the voices of small donors. And this bill instead will shift that important focus and amplify the voices of large donors as well. As the law was enacted, only contributions of $250 or less from constituents can be matched. And if lawmakers continue with the change that we 
seen in the bill that was just introduced, large contributions, those large as $18,000 for statewide offices or $10,000 for Senate, $6,000 for Assembly can get matched with public funds. And that runs entirely counter to the purpose and the spirit of this program. Well, from a practical point of view, is there a big difference, though, between a $300 contribution and a $250 contribution? I know you're framing it in terms of people giving thousands of dollars and having that initial amount matched, but it seems like the $250 threshold and when contributions are matched and not matched does seem a little arbitrary. So what do you think about that idea that if you do give $300, now a portion of it can be matched? With a multiple match under the system as it was enacted, a $250 contribution multiplied with public funds becomes worth far more than that $300 contribution. But truly, what we're concerned about with this legislation is not where the line is set between $250 and $300. It's the principle that the wealthiest donors who are able to give maximum contributions to candidates will have those matched with public funds. Wealthy donors don't need public funds to be attached to their contributions. They already have outsized influence in our political system. And the purpose of this program was to say, hey, you know, the everyday constituent who can only give a small contribution should be able to have more skin in the game as well, should be able to have their contributions matter and to be heard more. Isn't there an argument, though, that there's diminishing returns when it comes to campaign cash and this program will still ensure that those candidates without access to large donors will be able to raise additional funds so that they can mount serious campaigns? We certainly hope that candidates will use this bill goes through. Um, We certainly hope that candidates will use it for the purpose that it was intended, but it does create perverse incentives with a match on large contributions as well. And so, you know, we do hope that lawmakers will see that and reject it. Based on the scuttlebutt here at the Capitol, it seems like this legislation represents an alternative to state lawmakers simply killing or delaying the implementation of the matching program. So if that's the case, would you prefer having the program delayed or just scrapped? Or are you okay with this outcome that we appear to be heading toward? There has never been any reason to delay this program. It is already live. It went live last year and candidates are already opting into it. It is, of course, important for New York to have a public financing system, but we want that system to be the best possible public financing system. And as I said before, the law that's already on the books is the strongest model that 
we have in the nation for campaign finance reform and to engage more small donor constituents in the political process. As I said before, we certainly hope if this bill is passed that candidates will still use the program as it's intended. But again, this proposal truly undermines the incentives and ability to meet the goals of the program. And that's why I think we've seen such broad opposition in just the last few days. There's a lot of opposition to changing the program that we have on the books. Assuming these changes are adopted How will you gauge whether or not the program is working after the 2024 elections? For example, if we see an increase in incumbents losing or we see an increase in races that are competitively challenged, will that be an indication to you that the program is working? If a lot of incumbents remain in office, is that going to be an indication to you that the changes were undermining the initial system? How will you go about evaluating this program after the 2024 elections? We will gauge the success of the program by seeing what the relative role of small donors is. Mm. And we know from our analyses of last year's elections that if the program had been in place, candidates for state legislature could have gotten up to two thirds of their campaign funds from small donors, which is up from the 11% that small donors play under the status quo. This is not about what happens with incumbents races, because we know from experience elsewhere, incumbents and challengers alike use public financing, and that this is something that incumbents can do very well with. But Should this proposal go through, it'll be really important to see whether small donors can have that same large role um, that our projections of the existing program showed that they would have with the ability to continue to raise maximum contributions and have them matched with public funds. The incentives that the original program created to engage with small donors will just be fundamentally undermined. Well, we've been speaking with Joanna's Denise. She's a senior counsel in the Brennan Center's Elections and Government Program. Joanna, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. Is your business, agency, or service interested in delivering your message to more than two dozen radio stations statewide carrying Capital Press Room? If so, visit capitalpressroom.org to contact our underwriting team.